Hey everyone. Welcome. No, I'm Holly. I'm Daniel. And welcome to the fifth episode of Halfway Saints. We're back again. We made it. We did make it. <laughs> Our microphone looks like a little eyeball. I just, it looks like a unicops. Like Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> One time Holly and I were playing Pictionary and I was drawing and the clue or the word was Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> so I drew a pretty good Cyclops. Just a big monster with one eye. And Holly kept saying Uniclops. Uniclops. She didn't just say it once. She kept saying it like that would somehow become the right answer. I knew it was correct. I didn't understand <laughs> why you kept drawing what was obviously a uniclop. <laughs> <laughs> so I said it louder and louder each time. <laughs> uniclops. <laughs> you didn't switch to like monoclops. Like, oh, maybe I got it wrong. It never even occurred to me that I got the word wrong. I, it occurred to me that maybe it's a different kind of monster. But there was one eye, which is uni. Clops. <laughs> <laughs> Clops, meaning I. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, so I, I think we should nickname our little microphone Uniclops. Uni- oh, Uni. Uni. Oh, nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, Holly, I have a confession to make. What? I was trying to think of something for our podcast, but I couldn't reconcile two ideas that I had. Mm. I figured I just needed to turn back to my original one. Wow. Which is confession. Yeah! <laughs> Those are all puns, in case you weren't, <laughs> weren't paying attention. That was a lot of pun- puns in one sentence. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, PPS. Puns per sentence. Mm-hmm. I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> but no, it's Lent. If you haven't noticed, mm-hmm. if you've not noticed yet, then you really need to pay attention better. Yeah. Priests are wearing purple. Everyone's no, talking about it. Uh, yeah. It's a big, big topic. Mm-hmm. It is. But Lent is a penitential season. Um, the sacrament of penance or reconciliation or confession, they're all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's emphasized during Lent. Um, and Pope Francis, mm-hmm. just a few days ago, announced a year of mercy. I think it's actually a year of divine mercy, but... Oh, I didn't realize it was divine mercy. Well, that... That's when we're talking about mercy, yeah, that's, that's whose mercy is. we're talking about. Um, and it's a jubilee year, right? It is a jubilee year. Mm. Extra, extraordinary jubilee. How exciting. They open the jubilee doors. Mm. Festivities will come. And that the tourists that got stuck behind them 20 years ago will finally be able to walk through. Finally! No. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, and Pope Francis also just requested that parishes have 24-hour confessions heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, he may have done that last year. Oh, he did? That, yeah. Oh, but he's a big that. fan of the sacrament of confession. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said in... When was he talking? When, when, when did he say this quote? I don't know when this was, but he mentions confession. Right, very often. Reconciliation and this, a lot. This one that I like um, is the sacraments of penance and reconciliation flow directly from the Paschal Mystery. In fact, the same evening of Easter, the Lord appeared to the disciples, closed in the cenacle, Cenacle. which is the upper room. I had to Google it. Uh, And after addressing to them the greeting, peace be with you, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. 
and I really like this quote because um, penance we kind of think of like solemn like heads downturned going to confession and then Easter is this very much like heads up rejoicing kind of thing but the two are linked because you kind of when you go to confession you undergo this Easter process you enter the tomb Mm. your sins which lead you to death are wiped clean and you come out triumphant and emergent and Yeah. So I really like that he made that point. And he he speaks a lot on confessions. It's a lot of really good things. And um, mostly just emphasizing go to confession, which is um, something that I think some people can kind of put on the back burner or mm-hmm. push aside or something they really don't take advantage of, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think some people can think that it's not. What I've recently come to realize that it's um, it's really very beneficial to go, like, often, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, Pope Francis, it's great because he talks about confession a lot, but he also goes to confession a lot. So he like lives it out. Every two weeks, he says. Yeah. So, and it, I think that I, I used to only go like, like once a month, maybe, or once every couple months, but... Um, well, it was once every 23 years. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and during my... Um, RCIA process. I was going through RCIA in Savannah, Georgia. And for whatever reason, I was like graduating early. So I finished my year, like I finished my schoolwork before Easter. So I was leaving Savannah and then came back for Easter. But I hadn't done the Sacrament of Reconciliation with the RCIA group. And so somehow I got through being received into the church without going to confession. And the, um, the teacher of RCIA in Savannah said that it was fine because every mass we do the act of contrition, which I don't think that is true. Um, from that my that ex- counts. From as- my experiences, RCIA is probably a weak link in most <laughs> parishes. Yeah, I mean, I had a really great experience, but I definitely question the uh, truth to that uh, teaching of theirs. Yeah, I've heard that um, venial sin is forgiven. With the act of contrition? Yeah, at Mass, and the because the priest does give absolution yeah. after that, but I'm not certain about that. Well, but mortal sins, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I need to... I was at 23 years, yeah, and needed to talk about a lot more than just venial sins. <laughs> Should we go into what the difference between venial sins and Yeah, we can sins? quickly touch on that. Or as I remember um, you were talking to me after <laughs> RCIA class... And I was in school in Atlanta. Holly was in Savannah. And I was asking her what they talked about in RCIA. Or maybe I was up in Philadelphia. Anyway. And she said, yeah, we talked about venereal sins. (laughs) (laughs) Just one syllable makes a lot of difference. (laughs) Anyway, a venial sin um, is generally... Not, for lack of a better word, it's a lesser sin. So I guess these are talking about mortal sin. So a mortal sin is any sin that is um, done out of free will, that you know it's a sin, and that it's grave matter. So if you know what you are doing, if you know that it's a sin, and it's a serious sin, so if you know that that's not your piece of gum, and you take it anyway, that's a sin, it wouldn't be a mortal sin. And a mortal sin would be something that separates you from God. Right. And your brothers and sisters so you have to know what you're doing you have to know that it's a sin and it has to be grave matter mm-hmm. venial sins is kind of everything else so like 
you don't know something's a sin, you're not really meaning to do it. If someone says something, you just snap back without really mm-hmm. thinking of it. Um, that could be a venial sin. Um, and if it's a, a lesser degree, you know, you are rude to someone. Right, that, right. That's sinful, but it's sort of not the type of sin that would separate you from God. Not, great. not that any sin can permanently separate you from God, but... Well, no, because we have the sacrament of reconciliation. Right. But, um, yeah, so I didn't go to confession, like, to the sacrament of reconcili- reconciliation. We call it reconciliation <laughs> around here. <laughs> oh, they should do, like, a program. Yeah, reconciliation. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, we'll write the archdiocese. I really hope that, yeah, the archdiocese never comes to us for anything. <laughs> Just kidding. Please ask us to do something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got uh, received into the church in like April. And then I didn't go actually to my real first confession until this summer when we went to Catholic Underground here in Philly. And it was like my first, uh, I don't know, like really Catholic thing and like cool, like young adults were there and stuff. But um, and my first confession was face to face. And I was like, I decided after that I don't just me personally I do not prefer face to face because I like rushed through it I didn't say a lot of things that I meant to say because I got caught up with his like facial expressions and like I think we actually like chatted for a second and like it just didn't feel totally like what I was hoping that and he had I went to the same priest after Holly was done and he had just a mustache and it was kind of like a like a furry mustache so that may have been a bit distracting as well. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I um, I did go to confession before my first communion when That's I was good. like 10. I forget how old I was. Probably around 10. Um, but then I didn't go back until my senior year of college. So I had a pretty good span in between there as well. Um, and I remember I was on a retreat um, in, school, uh, in college, my senior year of college. I'd always gone to Mass at the conference center, not the conference center, the Catholic center at my school, um, but I wasn't really involved until like my second semester senior year, which is probably <laughs> not the, best the last time. <laughs> minute. But anyway, I was on a retreat and um, they kept mentioning there'd be confessions that night. And I remember I was just dreading it because I thought we were all going to like get in the line and it was going to be like obvious I wasn't going to go to confession because I was just like scared of it. Yeah. I didn't have any like tangible, like I'm afraid of this. It was just kind of like scary like I'm gonna have to confront my sinfulness yeah basically and like you know 10 years of it 15 years mm-hmm. of it um so I was really freaking out about it and then um like when it came to that time the um person in the retreat was like okay there'll be confession because it was at um like a hotel like a conference center um it said confessions will be in this room um, so come by if you want them. And then it was just like game time for everyone else. So mm-hmm. I had my out, mm-hmm. but I think I had like worried about it so much. I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go. Yeah. And so I went and I was like, uh, this is only my second confession ever. So I'm going to need some help. And the priest was very gracious and talked me through it. And it was, I don't remember anything especially imparted, but I remember just kind of, um, just really feeling a weight lifted from me. Um, and it just being a really, really great experience. And I remember I called Holly, and I was really excited about it. Holly was not Catholic yet at this point. No. And so I was telling her all about it, and she, like, wasn't really into it and, like, didn't know what I was talking about. So 
but nonetheless, yeah. it was a very good experience. So and sorry. Since then, I've really come to really love the sacrament of reconciliation, and mm-hmm. um, it's become a tool for helping me grow spiritually. Um, we mentioned like going to confession frequently, and I think having um, maybe not like a set time, nothing that rigid, but going frequently helps you to um, pick up on things. So you're saying like, oh, this sin keeps coming up. What can I do? If you go once a year, you know, once every couple of months, it might just be, you may not notice it as well. Because you also right. do the examination of conscience more frequently as well. Right. And for me, um, I didn't go into my experience as much when I talked about my first one, but it was just funny to go to the priest and say, well, I've never been to confession before. And he was like, well, how are you Catholic? Or like, how are you received? And I had to give the explanation. Um, but there was this huge weight that was lifted off of me. And even though my confession, I don't think was very good because I was distracted and a little thrown off by the face to face. Um, I still, unlike any time before, back from my Protestant days, I actually like almost physically felt this weight lifted and that I really am like new, you know, like it brings in your baptism that you're uh, washed clean of your sins. Um, and that's something that I really love about, uh, the sacrament of reconciliation that when you're like what Daniel was saying, like when you say things out loud, it's just so much different than whenever you're working things out on your own. Cause that's what I've been doing for 23 years before then. I was just like, oh, I've got this issue. I got to work through it. Me and God, um, which is, it is true, but there is something very different between working it out uh, verbally with a, a priest who is, you know, in person of Christ mm-hmm. with you and that the Holy Spirit is truly working through them and talking with you about like how to remediate is not the word. What is the word? turn from to go away back repent repent there's a different word i don't know i'm not good convert i mean yeah repent repent we'll we'll go with repent Repent. we're talking about penance (laughs) go with repent but to truly repent from the sin and like um to take the measures in your life to make sure that you actually do um is extremely valuable and that i couldn't get on my own because there's there's just something so much of having an outward perspective as well in like looking at the sins that you bring up yeah and i think it must be sort of the the way in which i confess my sins but priests tend to not like talk to me oh, for yeah. long about it and i think because it's i like kind of think about it beforehand and i know that it's like the, and i like will confess like the root like i've been selfish not like the the end result yeah so i don't know if they, they still have a lot of work to, with but um but so not often do I get a priest who talks a lot to me about it. And, you know, they, they often say very profound things and very meaningful and useful things, but it's not, I like, I'm like in and out in five minutes and I feel like I should have, I don't know, made up more or something. <laughs> then I have to go back and in the line. Um, but um, even when the priest doesn't say anything profound to me, just the act of like sitting down, like looking through, you know, the past two weeks, three weeks and seeing where I've fallen short and I've noticed that when I get very specific, that's when I feel, you know, the biggest effect of the sacrament. And it's, its effect has no, me not feeling it has right. nothing to do with whether or not the sacrament is valid or efficacious. Right. But 
when I get the most out of it is when I make a thorough examination of conscience and I can um, say here are the things I need to work on. And I just um, I often think of like Psalm 50 where it's like, wash me and I'll be white as snow. Mm. Um, I just remind myself like if I'm unwilling to open these parts of me up to God's mercy and mm-hmm. up to the light, they're not going to get clean. Yeah. So it's no point in just doing like a shallow like, oh, here's this one. Like, don't worry about what's in that corner. Right. Like you, the more you open yourself up, the more fully God can heal you. Yeah. And it kind of ties in that in that direction. It ties in with what we talked about last week with trust. Mm-hmm. That you really have to trust that he will clean and uh, make those parts good. Mm-hmm. And you have to be very vulnerable to do that. And that's something that you really, like, in, in the confessional, you are forced to be extremely, you put yourself into this extremely vulnerable situation to say, these are the biggest shame this is the biggest shame of my life right here and I want to lift it up to the Lord and make it better and I actually went to a talk two weeks ago he was using it for a different analogy but he was he was actually talking about the Eucharist and saying that the work of human hands makes this bread and the work of human hands makes this wine and we bring it together and we lift it up to the Lord and the Lord breathes on it and says this is divine and he gives it back to us in the Eucharist and it's kind of in the same way in confession we say this is my sin and we like this is what I've done oh he did make this connection oh there you go <laughs> we thought you had an original thought nope <laughs> <laughs> um, but these are like this is the mess that I've created and this is like this mess that I've created and I want to bring it up to you and he breathes on it and says like gives divinity to it and then gives it back to us and says like I give you you back right whole. so you're saying here's this messy part of myself god takes it sorts it out so mm-hmm. this is you cleans it up mm-hmm. um yeah and i think for a lot of people confession seems like scary or daunting and i personally have never had like a super um bad experience in confession um well the one oh i did have one where the priest change the words of absolution mm. which technically makes the sacrament invalid, invalid. Mm-hmm. um and i didn't i don't know like in the moment i was like maybe i misheard it and so i didn't say anything but afterwards like yeah he definitely said the wrong words yeah that is not um, okay yeah and it's just troubling for people who may not don't know um so other than that i've never had a priest like yell at me or tell me right. like that's terrible what are you thinking um oh, i did no. have, i did have a priest one i I didn't end it and say, like, those are all of my sins. I just kind of stopped talking. And he was like, oh, so is that it? Did you die over there? Oh, <laughs> like, no. Like, he was just a very Philly priest. So. Um, but generally, like, priests are not going to yell at you, tell you how horrible no. you've been. I think that's a fear for a lot of people. And it may be founded. Someone may have had that experience. But yeah, um, I'd be very surprised if that happens to anyone today. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, priests are just so from the ones I know are like grateful to be able to serve people in that way. Yeah, that's what I've always heard priests say that uh, not to be shameful of your like whenever they hear confessions they don't say, oh gosh, I can't believe you did this, 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 and that. They say how great is it that you came and like want to make that better Mm -hmm. and want to repent. How strong to come and to you know, try. Mm -hmm. 
And I think we tend to think that our sins are extraordinary. Oh, like yeah. We're going to go in there and the priest is going to, like, pass out and fall out of the other <laughs> side. But I think, you know, our sins are pretty boring. Like, sin is boring for the most part. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, you're not being original when you sin. You know, that's... Oh, yeah, sins have all been know. done before. Yeah. So I think that's something to to keep in mind. And you mentioned face-to-face versus through the screen. Mm-hmm. I also prefer having the screen. Mm-hmm. Because it keeps me more honest. Like, if I know the priest right. and I know he knows me, I'm going to be tempted to hold things back. I mean, and I trust he's not going to maybe even think about it after yeah. you know after he leaves. But it just helps me to be more honest, kind of knowing that, you know, this my mind turning all these silly possibilities over my head isn't going to inhibit me from giving mm-hmm. a confession. It's easier for me to... Uh get into the mindset that I'm talking to Jesus mm-hmm. if I'm talking to a screen. Even though, like what you were saying is true for me, that if I was talking with someone, like, I think that there it's very important to, once you get into the habit of going to confession, to try to see the same confessor. Um, and when you do that, and when you are very, like, when you get to the point where you are involved in your parish and um, are hopefully close with your priests, um, like, you know that they know who you are by your voice. Where, like, I might not say my son Jack or my husband Daniel, but just the fact that I'm talking about my husband and son, like, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. you know. I've had priests who, like, mention, like, you know, things are busy, you have a baby, of this and that. I'm be like, Father, I didn't mention I had any kids. <laughs> but so I know they know who I am, but mm-hmm. it's just this, it's just so nice not to have a face there that I can... In my mind and in my heart, I can have Jesus there. It's just much easier. Yeah, and I, whenever I think about confession, that would be, if I were a priest, hearing confessions would be like, that would like blow my mind. I don't think I could comprehend it. Because you are acting as Christ in a very personal, intimate way. Like, mm-hmm. the priest acts in the person of Christ during Mass, but it's, you know, it's not one-on-one, I'm being Christ for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really... I wanted to read the the words of absolution because I think some people may not sort of listen to these, but I always I always get chills when I hear them starting this. Is it okay to say them? Yeah, I'm not. Daniel is not absolving anybody <laughs> not, of any I'm not, sins. I'm not capable of it. It's true. Anyway, hopefully, I don't accidentally absolve people around me. No, I no, I just don't. I don't know things. No, it's fine. So it's um, God, the Father of mercies, the death death and resurrection of his son has reconciled the world to himself and sent the holy spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins through the ministry of the church may god give you pardon and peace and i absolve you of your sins in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and i always get chills right before i absolve you from your sins because it's the priest speaking in the person of christ speaking christ's words for him i couldn't that's the part i couldn't handle if i were a priest my mind was just like Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a huge thing, but the Lord says, like, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven, and that mm-hmm. he charged his disciples to do that. Yeah, and, and I think mm-hmm. I think confession can be a stumbling block to many um, Protestant Christians who yeah. are, like, thinking about Catholicism. Um, I remember Daniel's uh, explanation of it to me is I was in a very... Um, my whole, I guess, like, theology of when I was a Protestant was, like, very relational. I was all about relationships. Like, it's a relationship, my personal relationship with God, my relationships with 
my friends reflect that and my relationship with Daniel reflects that. And I was like, I just knew how God, I mean, he is a relational God and that still is a big part of me, but that was all that I was thinking about. So you told me that confession is like, uh, to have like a good relationship with a priest and that like, wouldn't you want a relationship with the priest where you could talk about your sins and, or like with your pastor, I think you like, you know, to compare, um, wouldn't you want to have such a close relationship with your pastor that you could talk about your entire, like all of your sins to them and they could help you through it. And so that's what like opened my mind up to it was that it is this place of vulnerability and like one-on-one with your priest pastor. Um, but then I think that the part that like stuck to me was that in like Jesus charges his disciples here to say mm-hmm. like if you're for, if you forgive sins their sins are forgiven so like I don't know how else that could really be uh, taken yeah and you you mentioned the relationship with the priest which is true but it's also you are bringing yourself back in communion with the whole church like yeah our sins there really aren't like victimless sins like when we sin we hurt those around us as well and we hurt the communion of the church so that public confession um brings us back in the communion with the entire church as well and in that like because you were just saying that we hurt the the communion of the church and that like by us sitting we are being poor witnesses to the church and that in this world where i think uh perception of the church is so different from what the church actually is it is like a, a true de- detriment that i always feel that way i'm like i'm not being a good cat i'm not showing true catholicism whenever i do these silly sins um i wanted to mention briefly and i want to teach on it too much but just sort of the the parts of confession are really beautiful as well and like what's required um and you have to confess your sins that's that's important. That's a big part. <laughs> <laughs> um, the priest has to absolve it, but you also have, you also have to have true contrition. Um, you have to feel truly sorry, right? And and desire to repent. Um, and I think that's because I, I mean you can abuse the sacrament of confession. You can um, you know confess the same sins each week with no intention to really amend your life. But for that sacrament to be valid and to for you to really experience the full grace of that you have to be sorry for your sins and intend not to commit them again you might end up doing them again but that commitment to continued conversion that's you know at the heart of the sacrament yeah the the true intention to turn away from that and to say i'm not bound by this anymore um that is that's one of the ways that confession is truly powerful for your life and for sanctifying your spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's good also as as a married couple, it's good to remember to frequent the sacrament of confession um, just because sometimes it's it's difficult if we're struggling with something, it might, you know, if we talk about it, it's something that's come up before that can start an argument um, between you and I. So sometimes it's nice to kind of have this outlet where it's like, I know I've struggled with this. This is this issue. Um, and kind of resolve that. Not that you shouldn't discuss any huge issue. You should discuss mm-hmm. 
with your spouse, but um, it can't stop there either. Like I'm right. not your confessor. I do not have the power to absolve you of your sins. So you got to go get that fixed <laughs> by a priest. Thanks. Hey, I've got stuff to fix too. We do. We do. And that's the. Uh, yeah, I don't. There's no reason not to go to confession. Um, I think it's great. I think everyone should go to confession all the time. <laughs> I mean, really, you should because it's absolute. Like, it's eternal uh, life. Yeah. There for you. Right. For and the t- free for the taking. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Like, I mean, it requires true contrition, but mm-hmm. like. And you've got to do a true examination of conscience. Right. If you if you're sorry for your sins, you want to amend your life. That's it. Just go. Priest is going to be more than happy to help you do that. Um, There's a quote from Nathaniel Hawthorne, who was not Catholic. Um, He wrote Scarlet Letter and House of Seven Gables, um, some other stuff. But he he wasn't Catholic, but he did visit Rome. And there was, um, in his journals or something, he was um, talking about seeing people going in the confessions. And he just remarked on, like, how great that would be if that were possible. Mm. Like, you would not have to burn with guilt. Like, am I forgiven for this? Am I not forgiven yeah. for this? Because um, if you don't... Like, I I have a hard time imagining how people deal with resolving sin without confession. Because I know um, I would be too easy on myself, I think. Yeah. I would do, that's like, the, I would that's do the like, a, temptation. oh, so sorry, God, I'm good now. You know, yeah. I... I, I probably would not be driven to make a thorough examination of conscience truly feel repentant so um i think it's a great gift of the church and um yeah i think it's to not have it would be very detrimental and i like i'm such a worrier that if i didn't have confession i i've got too much crap for me to deal with all in my own head like i i would I think I would go crazy by with worrying about like not just not being able to do this on my own and mm. not being able to uh, fully turn away from it. Truly, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard. Like I was just trying to imagine what my like to finish that sentence. I was like, what would it be like for me not to have confession? I can't really imagine it because yeah. it would be too. I think too difficult. I think it would tend towards complacency. Yeah. In a way like it's easy to get used to sin. You know, yeah. If you, if it recurs enough, yeah. If you're not, if because you become uh, not contrite, you, you become okay with it. Yeah. And you just are like, oh, well, that's just the way that I am. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that, I, like, that I've learned through the Catholic Church that, like, and through the Sacrament of Recon- Reconciliation, is that you don't have to stay where you're at. These things that you deal with are not. Uh, boundaries like you you don't have to like I have a I used to have a phobia of needles that's not a part of me like that's something for me to overcome that's not I didn't confess my phobia of needles but I was just an example but like yeah that these parts of you that you're not happy with don't have to stay there and it's not just confession that's gonna resolve those but it's definitely that's something that I've learned through confession Mm -hmm. is that these things that I don't like are able to be resolved and to be um, made new mm-hmm. and brought to new life. Mm-hmm. I always love the first like hour after confession. And they're like, like free! Easily, and then someone cuts you off in traffic and you're... Yeah, right back. Down. But then you can go back. Go and I think for me it's just a really great reset button if I'm like, 
I've been grouchy all week, I've been losing my temper, like, what's going on, like, I haven't been taking time to pray in my day, it's like, go to confession, start, start that over again. Empty your brain of yeah. all of the uh, frustrations or anxieties that you have of that, mm-hmm. and start fresh. Flipping through your papers. Yep, my three points were three made. points. Mm-hmm. Got them all. I got them all. Cool. So that's that's about all we've got. That's all we've got. Um, Before we end, I'd like to give a big shout out to my husband Daniel because last week you oh. he uh, defended his thesis and passed with distinction. I'm very proud of him, and I want you all to be very proud of him. <laughs> Thanks. Because it's great, and I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> Do you have any other shout-outs? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. It's because no one's emailed us. Yeah, send us an email. We'll definitely give you a shout-out. Oh, yeah. Promise. Um, but, yeah, and if you are so inclined, um, leave us a review on iTunes. We really like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you could be honest. It's um, Okay. You'll probably give us five stars either way, whether you're being dishonest or nice. Um, but yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at halfway underscore saints. Like us on Facebook. Um, yeah, send us an email at Catholics. Or Whoa! <laughs> I almost told you someone else's email. <laughs> Not our email. At um, <laughs> halfway saints podcast at gmail dot com. There are no other podcasts you should email. Just us. <laughs> Uh, but we will talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>